I want us to engage in a little prospective thinking right now on the two dimensions. One is we just are approaching the two-year anniversary of the COVID pandemic here, at least in the United States and in the world. That has, in a way, some people say transformed, some people say accelerated an existing change that was there rather than taking 20 years. Now that change is taking two years into the very nature of work and the very nature, frankly, of leadership. We talked a little bit about that at the beginning, but specifically with respect to your own experience with executive coaching, with what it says in the literature, some companies really literally collapsed over the past two years or shrunk or turned into a poor version of themselves. And some other companies thrived. And the question, people talk about the resilience, rather processes existing in the company that make them thrive. But also one of the key dimension is the leadership. The leadership that knew how to understand their new role, their evolving role. From your perspective, what would you say are specifically about dealing with what is a national trauma or world trauma, this, this pandemic? What would you say are one or two key leadership dimensions that got really brought to the fore and also need to be developed in future leaders as we go beyond just the the pandemic? One of the key points is about agility and being agile and adapting. COVID really hammered down several of the points we were making. The situation changed dramatically. Literally in March 2020, in the academic world, we had to jump immediately from in-person classes to online. And for some of us who've been teaching over 40 years, (laughs) that was an adjustment. We had to be agile in terms of thinking about how to do that. That's the same thing with leaders. They had to be agile in terms of how can I achieve the core purpose and mission of my collective, my unit, my team, my organization in this change context. And the leaders who were successful were those who were innovative in thinking about that. So first we saw the need to immediately shift how you would do leadership. There were also more things we had to deal with. So I noticed the leaders around me were much more concerned about trying to help deal with the stress that people were experiencing and trying to be more empathetic and fundamentally changing how we were interacting with each other, interacting with our students in an academic setting to manage that increased stress and, and so forth that just continues to this day. The distancing element, there's so much work happening distance virtually. How do you manage that as a leader? And in one of my classes, I've asked my students in discussion posts on a virtual board how it changed for them and how they distancing and how they had their leadership had to change. And really, it was about trying to foster that leader relationship over virtual modes now. We've been talking about e-leadership or virtual leadership since the late 90s, early aughts. But the COVID really hammered it in for everyone, whether it's a preference or not. So what we talked about being humble to adapt and the need to understand what situations require and adjust accordingly, that became so much more paramount and urgent in the COVID environment. And I feel like I'm just touching the surface of this. So let me stop and Rod, if you want to jump in and I'll come back in. There's a couple of very specific things that I think are heightened in the new world as it relates to leadership. One, Steve, you and I talked about this in the past, where as people are separated, whether it's social distancing or interacting remotely, just as we are today in two dimensions, if you will, 
I think it heightens the importance for leaders to create connections among their team members or their group, figuring out ways to foster cohesion and understanding and appreciation for each other. I mean, we're all kind of in a fast paced world and we, you know, we kind of live like this. And so this has always been a responsibility of leaders, right? To develop the interpersonal and inter-team dynamic. But I think that's as important, if not more important now than maybe it was two or three years ago when people would naturally bump into each other in the workplace. A lot of that cohesion would just naturally happen, but it doesn't happen quite as often anymore. And so I think this could highlight you know, the importance of the leader's intentional effort to create relationships among the people who have to work together. That's one key thing there, I think. Another key thing is just sort of my own observation with all the information that's available to us, coming from us from many different sources, and I think a justified skepticism about the credibility of a lot of the things that we see based on where it comes. There's a ton of complexity here. And one of the key parts of effective leader is to help navigate that complexity and to help simplify it and to convey, you know, kind of confidence or create some clarity where there isn't some immediately or where people can get confused. And this is tempered against the desire all of us would have for leaders to be flexible and open and responsive. But on the other side of that, you know, there's value in the leader of being clear, being succinct, being direct, and allowing people to have some understanding and clarity and what can I believe in and what can I not? And what are we going to do here? And how are we going to deal with this? I think the the uncertainty about the impact of the pandemic and what it means and are we safe and are we going to live? Like that just creates a kind of anxiety and stress among people that could be mitigated, right? By someone being clear and direct and firm, at least allowing the leader to play that function, right? To clarify where there's uncertainty. Yeah, I, I want to jump on that. Excellent points. You know, when we talk about flexibility, we mean flexibility in behavior, not flexibility in values not flexibility in core functions. And I think that's what Ron is alluding to there in part. You know, I'm thinking back to the leaders around me who were, I thought were highly effective. My department chair, for example, some of the other leaders at George Mason, George Mason University where I'm at. As the anxiety ramped up, as stress ramped up, they would provide information. They would offer clear direction on the key things we had to do. But they would also be reaching out with stress management with saying, look, I understand what you're going through. And I understand, even though they were going through it at a much higher level because they were excess of everything that was going on, saying to every one of their followers, I understand, please reach out to me if it gets too much. They were dealing with the relational part of this, the emotional part of this, as well as the task part of this. This is what we need to do. And here's the ways we can do it. There's also was a lot of attempts to the social part of it. How can we create that connection through this screen? And I will tell you, honestly, I don't know if we've fully gotten that. I know that because as people are now reconnecting, they're saying, we miss this, we need this. I think in the future, we're going to have to figure out the balance between the gains we get from the distance part of this. You know, I think there's a lot of positives with Zoom, for example, and the negative aspects of it. I will give by way of example, we conduct a learning series at our university that was always face-to-face. We went virtual because we had to and realized we had a much greater reach. 
So we're going to keep that. But then how do we foster the connection among the students and faculty that that previous version had? So it just strikes me that the good leaders became more flexible in terms of the different things they were responding to. They needed to be task-oriented to provide direction, clear guidance that Ron talked about. But they also needed to be attuned to the emotional load that people were experiencing. And, and even if it was not their nature to reach out, so I understand that. And also the social connectedness that was beginning to fray. That sounds like a lot. That sounds complex. But, you know, that's where the leadership skill comes in. The ability to recognize that that was needed just by, you know, my department chair reaching out and saying, I know how you, what you're feeling and please reach out to me. That was enough for many of us to help manage that a little bit better. Listening to you, uh, giving almost this image of not just how we coped in the past, <laughs> we are coping with COVID, but also an image of the future. In fact, I realized that many of those qualities that the situation forced on the leader, whether it was natural for certain leaders or for them, they really had to make an effort, were things that you described before about the whole notion of social influence and, you know, helping people being there for them, knowing that they are there for them. You know, all these basic qualities are basically have been emphasized by COVID. 